Welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Hello, how are you? This is Angie Reno and happy Easter weekend 2022. It's beautiful here. I know I say this all the time, but actually the weather in Ponte Vedra usually is really nice. And there's so much to be grateful this Easter weekend, especially with all that's going on in the world. And uh, my mom is up for the long weekend and she brought me this beautiful picture of Ukraine Easter eggs. So I'll post the link and just praying for everybody over there as they continue to fight the good fight. So speaking of fighting the good fight, this episode is dedicated to the character Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. And I mentioned him a couple episodes back because I want to channel Roy Kent. And I want you to channel Roy Kent because this is kind of what happens in recovery. We, like I said last in the, in the very last episode, sometimes we get to the point where we're starting to learn about not only how we grew up, our family of origin, but what we do as parents that can potentially create chaos or create consistency. And as we go through learning with hopefully incredible therapists, and you know, I'm a big fan of NARM, as we go through the learning cycle, there is that moment of clarity when we're like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. And that's when I channel Roy Kent. I can't cuss in this podcast because of the rating. But if anybody's ever watched Ted Lasso, you know that he is a flavorful speaker. And one of the things that I just love about him is there's this scene where he's apologizing to Keely and he says, Hey Siri, play the Roy is sorry for not understanding Keely playlist. And you kind of go into that. (laughs) Maybe you don't, but I do, uh, obsessively analyzing, right? Which is a sign of somebody who has experienced trauma and they're constantly trying to figure things out, figure situations out and, and, and work the room. Uh, Brene Brown has a couple of comments on that. When you grow up in a certain environment, you know, you're constantly, okay, how's the room? How's the room? But my favorite part about Roy Kent is when he finally does understand something, you know, at a deep level, he yells out the F word. <laughs> it's like, oh, I finally get it. Oh my gosh. So this podcast is about finally getting it. And it actually came to me through reading. I I work with a lot of veterans and I volunteer for some veteran organizations. I actually volunteer for the, the Jacksonville chapter for the National Defense Transportation Association. And the Jacksonville area is so military friendly. And we have a lot of organizations that do a lot of work for the veterans. The PTSD, as we know, in the veteran community is very high. And this one article caught my eye. I get on the list of updates from the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. And when this article came in, predicting homelessness among U.S. Army soldiers no longer on active duty. And the authors are Catherine A. Coe, K-O-H, Anne Elizabeth Montgomery, Robert W. O'Brien, Murray B. Stein, Robert 
J. Ursano and Ronald Kessler. This was first published April 14th, 2022, just released. Going into the methodology and the research capture, ACEs were mentioned. At a high level, the conclusion states pretty clearly and right up front, a prediction model for homelessness can accurately target soldiers for preventative intervention before transition to civilian life. The authors start out saying homelessness is an increasingly widespread and intractable crisis in the U.S., affecting approximately 580,000 people at one point in time in January 2020, mass unemployment and evictions during the COVID pandemic have put even more people at risk of homelessness. The authors say previous literature shows that the strongest and most consistent predictors of homelessness among veterans are substance use disorders and mental illness, followed by low income and other common related factors. So you dig into the other common related factors And this is where I was like, okay, we really have to, as parents and community, get a handle on the ACEs part of how we're raising our children. Within the predictors cited, a couple of them were very highly traumatic, like loved one being murdered, homelessness as a child, or suicidal ideation. Going down the list, there's also physical neglect, interpersonal loss hospitalization, and food insecurity. So I'm looking at this study and I'm thinking to myself, why not introduce psychology 101 during physical training with our young men and women as they enter the U.S. military and introduce the concept of ACEs and introduce the statistical evidence that the more ACEs anybody has, the more likelihood that that person will potentially abuse substances. Now, my young son, he will look at me straight in my eyes and say, mom, don't talk to me about substance use disorders. I'm an addict. I own it. It helps me when I own it. It helps me to do the work. And this is kind of where I'm going to tie in Roy Kent because you just, you got to do the work, right? But if we don't know about what can cause a proclivity towards substance use disorders, then we're all kind of facing this as a shame-based, oh my gosh, this is me. This is my own problem. And understanding what an ACE is and dealing with that trauma, there is a potential opportunity for healing. When you look at this research study and you go into how they're labeling the incidents that lead to potential homelessness, The loved one, seeing a loved one murdered, wasn't listed as an ace. Having a loved one murdered when you're growing up is definitely an adverse childhood experience. So I go into the details of aces in episode one. I will put another link in this episode to give a great overview of what an ace is. The fact that the research is going on for our veterans to dig into, hey, it's not just the experience of war, but it's how you were raised and what you experienced as a child, which also goes into how anybody deals with the trauma. Are they healing from the trauma? This gives us a great opportunity to begin that conversation way before that military member is deactivated from duty. So this is a great segue to introduce 
Brad Kammer. He is with the NARM Institute and he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. This goes into the neural effective relational model of therapy that I so often mention. And Brad was citing on his Facebook page the expansion process in embodied presence training, which ties into polyvagal theory. So I'm throwing a lot at you here, which is okay. You can handle it. But the polyvagal theory that it talks about the role of emotion and social connection included in the fear response. Stephen Porges, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Anyway, he is the person that introduced it. And Brad was citing it because what it ties into the person who is in a situation processing whether the situation is safe or there is a threat of danger or there is a life threat. There has been so much research about our vets coming home and that part of that PTSD is the inability to process what could be a situation that's uncomfortable and agitating as just that. Instead, their whole system goes into this is a life-threatening situation and everything is activated internally. This is also found with children who have ACEs. Their brain is sensing threat, sensing danger, and a lot of times this, this leads to anxiety, this leads to depression, and this leads to self-medication. So the challenge becomes, how do we look at our own parenting style and see if it is imparting ACEs, adverse childhood experiences? If you're the average parent, our immediate thought is, you know, we're fine. We're doing great. I want to challenge that. I want to continue to challenge that way of thinking. There's some interesting dialogue between Gabor Mate and uh, whoever he's interviewing, but the one that I'll cite is he's interviewing Rich Roll. And I think I've mentioned this before, but he talks to Rich about his childhood and Rich is like, you know, look, great childhood, pretty normal. And then when they start digging into it, Rich's mom had become ill over a period of time, which caused some anxiety And this is an adverse childhood experience. It imparts upon the child a need, depending on the the survival style, to help eliminate what the parent is going through. And we all know as adults that sometimes they simply cannot solve the problem at hand. But inside their little hearts, inside their little minds, What's going on is they want to eliminate the problem. And because of that, they take that problem on as their own, like they're the cause of it. The way kids can process a situation that is not all ideal, I can't go into it here because it includes so much neuroscience. It includes so much processing of emotions and the survival style that comes in can equate to avoidance overpleasing, definitely reading the room to see how the reaction or how the non-reaction can help assuage what's going on that is not ideal. So what do we have to do as parents? I firmly believe the longer I live is we have to approach the parenting aspect as a, you know, and I love sports. I absolutely love sports. Every season is different. 
you know, you go into a season with different players and sometimes different coaches and definitely different competitors. So when you're coming into the parenting season of, let's just say, you know, zero to three, totally different process than when you're coming into the parenting season of teen years. Why focus on And I've quoted so many references in the book of The Price of Privilege, where the focus is on the best grades, the best schools, the best athletic performance. And really, who are we serving as parents when we get caught up in that? So if we go into parenting as if we know that we might not understand every season, we're doing exactly what Roy Kent did. He's like, you know what? I know that I'm going to get to a point where I don't understand Keely. Is it negative expectation? But you know what I saw in that brilliant moment is a guy who says, you know what? This gal is more emotionally intelligent than I am, but I'm willing. I am willing to learn. I'm willing to say, I don't understand you. I am planning on getting better. And we can do that for our kids and our family members for that matter and those that we have relationships with, we can say, you know what, I'm going to get to the point where I don't understand, where I need help to understand. And that is okay. We eliminate the right versus wrong argument that is so incredibly toxic. And I got to be honest, I also like when he does figure something out, he yells the F word really loud. Because I'll tell you, there's been times when I've done step work and I'm in the workbook and I'm figuring stuff out And it comes to me and I'm like, man, if I had known that sooner, I channel, I do, I do channel Roy Kent. And I'll say that whatever explicitive that he might use frequently. And uh, yeah, I move on. Got to get it out. You got to learn the frustrations there for not using it sooner as a parent. I get it. I've been down that road. But you know what? If you can create a better you today, and I've said this before, You are going to serve yourself and your children very well. So listen, I'm going to leave you with this. Plan, just like Roy Kent, on not understanding some things. Plan on it. And just know that there are so many beautiful resources out there that you can pull in and go to. There's so many parents out there that walk this journey with you. And the amount of information that's available for you to learn is significant. There's a couple of articles that I'll post on my website this week, and it ties into how there's a neuroscience, continued neuroscience efforts to pinpoint the cells of substance use disorders and how that combined with therapy does offer hope. But in the interim, give yourself some grace, give your children some grace, give all of you some space to be who you are, be your person. Don't get caught up in the perfection of perfect grades, perfect performance, perfect family. Embrace with love what is in front of you today. And with that, I'm going to wish you a beautiful, happy Easter. I'm going to release this a little bit earlier because I'm going to mass. I'm going to enjoy an Easter egg hunt. And then I'm going to have a really fat dinner on Sunday night. So I'm going to have to start exercising on Monday. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. But yes, be you. All right, I'm signing off with love. This is Angie Reno. Go to my site, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. And I'll talk to you later. 